you want to like, I don't think you should need to stay on trend for furniture, but sometimes it's kind of nice to have to switch it out every couple of years. I know that's terrible for like the world, but <laughs> I, I felt like it was time to upgrade our Ikea coffee table because it was like the Ikea coffee table, you know, the one that you mm-hmm. buy when you have $20 and you need a coffee table. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, none of this has changed the fact that I, I still don't know what this mini is about. You said something about radium because I remember I sent you that thing about radium condoms and you were like, oh, that's yes. related to the mini I'm doing. And it was like, I oh, God. Ironically, uh, there's no penises involved. Thank well. Hmm. <laughs> are they if they're attached to people involved in the story, I wouldn't say that penises are involved. Well, you, we'll get to it. It's, <laughs> it. It isn't like penises falling off. I will say that. I will reveal that. Good. I'm Um, glad. (laughs) So I was at the Minnesota Science Museum last week, uh, and they have an exhibit called the Museum of Quackery, which showcases all the dumb things old-timey people try to market as medicine. Oh, God. Uh, And there was one sign in particular that caught my attention, and it read, uh, radium sales dropped off after his jaw did. All right. uh, Welcome to Afternoonified. This is a mini. I, this is a mini, yes. Oh, sorry. I, like, started before we introduced ourselves. Oh, no, I completely forgot. I went straight from, like, discussing furniture to, uh, well, this man's jaw has fallen off. It, it's a good hook, isn't it? Yes. Today, on our Afternoon of Mind Mini, we are going to tell you the story of Eben Byers, uh, a very unfortunate man. Did you say Eben? Eben. With a B. Eben, yes. It is short for Ebenezer. Oh, okay. His full name was Ebenezer McBurney Byers, which legitimately sounds like he should be a character on The Simpsons. I was just going to (laughs) say. And he was born in 1880 to Pittsburgh industrialist Alexander McBurney Byers, who owned a steel company and the National Iron Bank of Pittsburgh. Not Bravos, Pittsburgh. Great. That's my funny joke. Uh, Eben lived a a predictably privileged life attending prestigious schools like St. Paul's in Yale, where he did a lot of golf, I guess. Did a lot of golf? In in 1906, this is his big claim to fame. Uh, He won the U.S. Amateur Golf Championship. So good for him? Sure. I will say, like, if you Google him... Like that that's what comes up. It's like Eben Byers. Like, oh, he's he is a golfer. And it feels strange that that's like the headline they chose after everything that's going to happen now. Well, it's kind of like when you uh search um Leonard Lake on Wikipedia, um, for a while it came up with a former US Marine and then <laughs> serial killer. Yes, it is one hundred percent like that kind of situation. It was mostly like he was in Vietnam. Everyone was a former U.S. Marine back then. Like that's not the leading story. No, no. He, I mean, he won one golf thing, and like, good for him. But it's it's not his claim to fame. I will say. I'm sure he would prefer it was. <laughs> so in November 1927, uh, at the age of 47, Eben Byers attended the annual Yale Harvard football game and returned home by train. At some point during his journey, the train he was on lurched to a sudden stop and he fell from his sleeping berth, injuring his arm. Following the incident, Byers was plagued by persistent pain and his doctor recommended that he take a medicine called Radithor. Um, oh, Radithor. Radithor, probably. Uh, it is a solution of radium in water. I did just picture like a glowing green bottle with a label on the front that has like Chris Hemsworth doing a big thumbs up. Basically. Um, so you hear radium and water in like 2023 and you think, huh, not good. 
That sounds bad. Yeah, uh, it is. Uh, but it's 1927, and everyone at that radium was really great. I feel like we should have known better. Yeah, many of the world's most famous quote-unquote health springs were found to have some sort of radioactivity, and thus many men of science theorized that it was the radium in the water that gave them their curative properties. Thank you for the emphasis on men of science. <laughs> Always the men of science. Because Marie Curie wasn't out there being like, oh, hell yes, radiation. The only woman of science I could think of. And no one apparently thought to investigate, like, empirically if the springs had ever objectively healed anybody. They just like, oh, yeah, these healing springs. Oh, they're radioactive? Well, that explains it. This is like the interception of, like, dumb science medical shit and dumb Christian shit. Because So much. Like, <laughs> you remember the the miracle springs that, like, Catholics would flock to and stuff. Oh, yes. Still do, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Did you hear about that incorruptible nun? Yes, I told you about that. Yes. Yeah, you definitely told me about it. And <laughs> guys, it guys, we, we understand that like people don't always decompose the way we expect them to, don't we? They're, they even in the article I sent you had a scientist who like explained what happened. Yes. <laughs> anyway. People I I don't know. So nineteen twenty seven. It's 1927, and radium is great, and radium-based <laughs> products saturated the market. Uh, it was in toothpaste, in beauty creams, Ugh. and suppositories, oh, uh, in condoms, I guess. <laughs> yep. Uh, if, if they could put radium in it, then buy gum, there'd be radium. To be fair, a radium condom will perform the function that a condom is intended to perform, <laughs> and it will perform it well. It may actually be very effective. Also, you'll die. But yeah, your your dick will fall off, and and like that's not great. But but it, you won't be leaving any orphan children behind or STDs. Yeah. Uh, so Radithor in particular had been patented by a man named William J. Bailey. Uh, sorry, William J. A. Bailey, who <laughs> had dropped out of Harvard but called himself a doctor anyway because it's yep. 1927, and you could do that. Radithor was advertised as a cure for the living dead and perpetual sunshine, and doctors who prescribed it were given a 17% kickback, which is just really good business if you think about it. For some reason, those marketing terms strike me as like a goof that would be in Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Evan Byers fucking loved Radithor. Uh, it took care of his pain. It seemed to improve his overall health. Uh, he claimed that it gave him a, quote, toned up feeling. And if you're wondering if that's an old old timey way of saying boner, you'd be right. Right. Okay, there are dicks in this. Um, yep. Do we know if there's actually any merit to radiate? Like, I know it will, you know, irradiate your bones and you'll die. But like, does it have even a temporary? I don't. I did, I did not look in that closely. We'll, we'll, um, we'll figure that out with like radium girls when I eventually do that episode. Um, I know it makes their, like, teeth shiny. <laughs> so Byers terribly was known to be a ladies' man and had earned himself the nickname Foxy Grandpa. Um, no. But he was also in his late 40s and Viagra hadn't been invented yet. So Radithor, as far as he was concerned, took care of that. Foxy Grandpa? Foxy Grandpa. Like it's a gift shop mug? <laughs> Yep. <laughs> uh, Byers was soon ingesting as many as three bottles of Radithor a day and oh would, in God. fact, drink nearly 1,400 over the course of the next three years. Sir! By late 1930, he had started to lose weight and would suffer 
uh, from headaches. He stopped taking the Rainathor, um, but by then it was a little late. Uh, uh, and eventually his teeth started to fall out. I'm surprised he's not the fucking Hulk at this point. <laughs> So, in 1931, the Federal Trade Commission, which was less than two decades old at this point, so a very new thing, like regulating medicine, uh, they asked him to testify about his experience with Radithor, but Byers was too ill to travel by this point. Which should be testimony in itself. <laughs> uh, so, instead, the commission sent an attorney named Robert Wynn to take a statement uh, at his Long Island mansion, uh, and what Wynn reported back was, frankly, horrifying. Yeah. So, this is going to be a quote from him. Says a more gruesome experience in a more gorgeous setting would be hard to imagine. Byer's whole upper jaw, excepting two front teeth, and most of his lower jaw had been removed. All the remaining bone tissue of his body was disintegrating, and holes were actually forming in his skull. Great. Love it. Love that mental image. <sighs> I'd like to take this time to apologize for both taking you all to Long Island again, and also talking about rotting things again. As long as you don't use the term degloving, I think we're fine. Uh, Byers would eventually die on March 31st, 1932. Uh, his cause of death was listed as radiation poisoning, which seems accurate. Oh, not dumb shit's disease? <laughs> uh, though I will note, like, this was just kind of their terminology for the many, many cancers he was suffering. Um, <laughs> not like acute radiation sickness as we know it today, like the people who really got blasted at Chernobyl suffered from. <laughs> People who really got <laughs> blasted at Chernobyl. I believe that's a scientific term. What happened to Sergei? Ah, uh, he really got blasted. Just fucking flavor blasted with that radiation. Oh, uh, flavor blasted. That is one cool ranch Russian. <laughs> Fires was laid to rest in a lead-lined coffin to prevent radiation from seeping into the surrounding soil. Uh, they did exhume him at least once for testing in 1965, and uh, studies at that time found that the radiation of his levels were body were still highly dangerous. It, it, it has a tendency to stick around, radiation does. In his defense, he didn't know, and a doctor told him to do yes. it. A doctor told him to do it. <laughs> Uh, as you would imagine, the horrifying circumstances of his death received a great deal of publicity. The Wall Street Journal read a headline, ran a headline reading, The Radium Water Worked Fine Until His Jaw Came Off, which I imagine inspired the sign I saw at the Science Museum. Probably. Um, <laughs> when Do you remember when about the, the Radium Girls thing was? Um, I feel like this was around the same time. Because weren't they, like, the Radium Girls, like, gaslit, like... No, it's not the radium. It's nothing to do with that. And, like, they kind of, like, shoved him off. But then this white male jackass, like, drinks too much radium water. And it's like, this is an issue. Yeah. So the radium girls were, like, throughout the 20s was all that was going on. So Mm -hmm. you'd think they would have known better by then. But apparently not. Change is slow, I guess. (laughs) The FTC would eventually issue an order against Bailey to stop producing Radithor, which is good. Uh, though Bailey would claim he had just stopped selling it because, you know, the Great Depression had reduced the demand. Uh, he was still very wealthy, and he went on to found another company that sold products like radioactive belt clips and paperweights. Uh, and he continued to defend Radithor, saying, I have drunk more radium water than any man alive, and I have never suffered any ill effects. Yeah, it never kills the, the ones who deserve it. Well, he did die of bladder cancer in 1949. Probably from the belt clips. They uh, also exhumed his body in the 60s and found it to be ravaged by radiation. And just glowing. It was like the suitcase from Pulp Fiction when they opened the coffin. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what I picture. (laughs) 
Uh, so that is Eben Byers and why you shouldn't drink radium. I mean, that feels like a given, but who? I just, someone had to be like, yes, this is good. We should all be doing this. And then other people had to agree. Well, it was in the healing springs, Emily. I don't know what they want you want from them. <sighs> I just, old timey medicine drives me crazy. <laughs> It's it's bad. I'm I'm struggling with this because <laughs> what medicine basically is is that we tried a bunch of sh- we threw a bunch of shit at the wall to see what stuck and like all of the other shit didn't just fall off the wall. It also killed a bunch of people. <laughs> That's an apt metaphor. It's like radioactive spaghetti. <laughs> well, I'm thoroughly upset. So this is probably a good time Great. for us to go into the episode that we're about to record. Lovely. I love that. It really just sets a tone. Yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye. We love you. For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SoBelowMedia.com. This is As Above, So Below.